0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Medicine on Tap. Back for episode number 20. I'm Jason Kopek. Unfortunately, I'm not able to be down at Neck of the Woods tonight, but Dr. Frey is. Doc, how you making out?
1: Doing great, Jason. How about yourself, buddy?
0: Uh, pretty good. How's the scene down there?
1: You know, Pratt is a little bit light tonight, but uh, that's all right. We're still having a good time.
0: Who's our special guest with us?
1: so uh we're welcoming back a guest who's been on with us a couple times before uh dr matt brant a uh, foot and ankle specialist here at reconstructive orthopedics
2: yeah guys thanks for having me back uh i'm always happy to come back back to uh neck of the woods brewery have a beer talk about sports I'm always happy to be here
0: Dr. Brandt, we, we, we appreciate you jumping back on uh only three weeks ago you were on we were talking about carson wentz and uh we appreciate you fitness into your schedule uh, i know a lot of our Listeners are probably realizing that we try to do this in real time and take the recent trends in in the sports world. Uh, So, you know, unscheduled, but happy to have you back on. Happy to be here. Let's recap that episode with Carson Wentz. I mean, you were spot on when we were given that very vague timeline of him returning in five to 12 weeks. Uh, But you had estimated that we would see him week one. And from an injury standpoint, it looks like you were absolutely correct.
2: Yeah, it looks that way. Um, like we, you know, we discussed, I think that it must have been more of just kind of removing a bony fragment, not really getting into taking out too much tendon or dealing with too much tendons, not really using anchors. So, I mean, uh, he's been back at practice. Um, yeah, I don't know how really involved he's been at this point, you know, how physical he's being. But I mean, he's out there. He's out on the field now.
0: He, is, he was. And then he was recently placed on the COVID-19 list uh, due to a close contact. Uh, All indications report uh, if he continues to test negative in the next five days, he will be out there week one, uh, which was, you know, what we put you on the spot for three weeks ago.
1: How about them apples, man? Right? Like guy can't catch a break. You know, he has the surgery. He's got an injury after injury. And then, all right, he's going to come back. And all of a sudden COVID list. And, and and like you said, hopefully, hopefully he's going to be back, but it's incredible.
2: Yeah. For me, it's like, um, you know, as a Washington fan,
1: <laughs> uh,
2: I don't mind him missing some games here and there, taking that draft pick down a couple pegs. You know, yeah. I'm OK with that.
1: Here we go again.
0: The other interesting thing out of that episode, if you recall, we, we really didn't know what the exact injury was. Right. Uh, and Dr. Brandy you started kind of going through some possibilities. And at that point, you had thrown out the injury of, of the Liz Frank. Um, and I think we smartly kind of stopped that conversation because we knew that would be a podcast episode all in itself.
1: I started heading down that road and you squashed it on me. And that was a good move.
0: <laughs> Interestingly enough, we, um, we had two people reach out to our sportsmedontap at gmail.com. One being a healthcare professional here in South Jersey where he said, I can't wait for that episode on Liz Frank. It's such an interesting conversation. And another person had reached out saying the same things, questioning about the Liz Frank. But you know, sure enough, uh, last week uh, Travis Etienne of the Jacksonville Jaguars suffers a seasoning ending Liz Frank episode. So here we are.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a tough injury. It's something that's tough to come back from. It's a long recovery. It's a. And it's, I mean, that's kind of why we saved it for uh, another episode when something like this popped up. Because it's just, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, it's like, we'll even have to end up, you know, you got to cut it short tonight. I mean, you could talk, you know, forever on treatment and how it's treated and, you know, different protocols.
1: Implications and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And Jason, what else are we going to talk about tonight? New addition to the show.
0: New addition to the show. We're also going to just do a quick rapid fire fantasy football. Uh, You know, the three of us have our draft coming up. We've been talking a lot about it. Uh, so we're going to kind of recap some of the bigger injuries that are out there. Some of the ones lingering over from last year and and get both the good doctor's opinion on, you know, the, the status of these players for the 2021 season.
2: And that's a difficult topic because draft is tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. let, but let's start it off with the, you know, the topic for tonight. Travis ETN, right. Uh decorated career at Clemson University. Uh, leaves after four years as the ACC all-time leading rusher. I mean, compiled over 4,700 career rushing yards, taken 25th overall by the Jaguars, uh, paired them back up with Trevor Lawrence. You know, he uh, Coach Urban Meyer had, you know, kind of stated they envisioned him using in both the running back wide receiver role a la Percy Harvin from the from the University of Florida days. Uh, So we don't really know what impact Travis was going to have on the Jaguars and on the NFL this season. Uh, But unfortunately for him, he suffers this injury in the preseason against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Initial reports was he was out indefinitely with a midfoot sprain. Uh, Less than 36 hours later, he's listed on the season ending IR with the Liz Frank. So let's kick this off, Dr. Brandt. Let's start with are we surprised that it could be kind of diagnosed in the early stages there as a midfoot sprain? Was that a surprising report to you?
2: No. Uh, this is one of the most common missed injuries in the emergency room or, you know, just just initial injuries. So the issue is, you know, the the Liz Frank and a Liz Frank injury can be a, a rupture of the Liz Frank ligament and can be non-osseous, and there can be a fracture or there can not, you know, it can be, you know, there can't there doesn't have to be a fracture. And you know it's unless you recognize a small space between a couple of those bones and you you know you can uh or you you make a clinical diagnosis you know there's there's some you know Who pertinent wants. things yeah. that you know it's like you look and you see bruising in a certain area right in the ball or right in the arch of the foot uh you know golf ball swelling on top of it i mean it's it's commonly missed and yeah uh we get a, you know we end up seeing a lot of like late stage you know missed injuries or treated non-operatively that maybe should have been treated operatively. It's, it's, I actually lecture to the ER here and there sometimes. And it's like, that's one of the things I, you know, talk about is frequently missed things. And it's always about Liz Frank.
0: Right. Where does the term Liz Frank come from, Dr. Frank?
1: That's actually an interesting story in and of itself. And it's something that gets, you know, gets passed around in ER residents and somewhat in orthopedic worlds. And, you know, so originally, uh, Jacques Frank or, uh, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, was a, a field surgeon in the Napoleonic Wars. So, so uh, when the French was, one, you know, early 1800s, uh, the French had multiple wars in and around Europe. And he um, was one of the field surgeons and actually a gynecologist by trade who was um, on, the, on the Russian front. And I guess as the story goes, you know, there, there have been multiple injuries. There, there are some stirrup type injuries that people would get um, on, from their horses or as they fell off their horses. Um, or if, the, you know, it's the middle of winter and someone's got some gangrene in their foot. And, you know, at that point, right, you don't have too many options. You know, we don't really have antibiotics. It's so, so, gangrenous foot can. can Turned into um, bacteremia septic and, and death so what options do you have cut off a part of your foot or, or potentially die so you also don't have anesthesia <laughs> so without anesthesia you want someone who knows how to do this and do this quickly right so so you go and you get liquored up you know you have a couple couple of nice home brews from neck of the woods get yourself into a happy place and uh, and 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 it turns out this gynecologist figured out that they there's a ligament right there in the midfoot where if he was able to disarticulate that one particular ligament between the medial cuneiform and the second metatarsal that the rest of the procedure went very quickly and very fast. So if, you know, if you're faced with this, you want the guy who's going to get it done in under a minute and, you know, make, make, make it quick. So you you're calling out for Liz Frank for, for cause you got that Liz Frank injury. And apparently, you know, it's, it's some version of that, but that's the general derivation of it. And it's it, it stuck.
2: Yes, it's yep. that tarso, that whole tarsal metatarsal joint. So it's like that ligament goes between the tarsal bones and the metatarsal bones. And if you can just disarticulate through that joint, it's one clean cut, you and know, the across there, rather than sawing through bones. Right. You just cut through a couple ligaments, and front of the foot can go.
1: And functionally, they do pretty well after that, you know, compared to some of the other amputations. Right. Yeah.
0: Doctor Brand, how how do these injuries typically occur in today's world?
2: So. That's actually a, an interesting topic. I think they're doing a lot of research into that. Um, you know, the NFL, and I think they're talking a lot about is it is it more into you know the turf of these fields, artificial turf? Is it the shoes? You know, right. the people are coming out with lighter fat. You know, lighter, you know, shoes, more flexible shoes. Are they bending in the right places? I know that you know, there was some, you know, studies where people were looking at like these different shoe companies and, you know, looking at where the flex was. And it's just, you know, one thing is like these guys are getting so, you know, they're, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster than they ever were. And it's like, they're generating so much force pushing off. And it's like, you know, is it that the cleats are getting stuck in the turf? So, you know, I think the traditional method and kind of like by the book injury was, know you're you're kind of plantar flex and someone rolls up on the back of your heel and forces plantar flexion right you know into your
1: foot so kind of kind of like the back foot when you're running where your heel comes off the ground but your toes are still on the ground and then somebody falls right onto the heel while your foot is again while while your heel is up and your toes just haven't left the ground just yet yeah
2: forces it into the turf and can pop that ligament you know fracture some of those metatarsal bases um but now they're looking at more of like a lot, a lot of it's becoming i mean even more like non-contact injury you plant you know you twist you push off and like some of these guys it's just you know you you put enough force through the midfoot and the and the Lisfranc frank ligament is what kind of translate that force from the you know the achilles the gastroc through the you know through the leg through the ankle and into the foot and toes so it's like too much force sometimes that ligament can't hold Pops. up to it
0: Dr. Brent, I had always kind of heard it described as, you know, imagine you're trying to stick your shoelaces to the ground and then force comes behind that and really drives it in. Is that an accurate estimate?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean was like when someone rolls up on the back of your leg, that's I think that's kind of what it. It, you know, was traditionally described as, and that's where we, you know, it was seen the most. But I think, you know, I think as time goes on, it's 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 been happening more and more. You know, there's a lot of high profile guys that have had it and some of them aren't, you know, it's 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 with, it's been with non-contact. So I think a lot of it's just <laughs> the way you twist, you know, if you, right. you know, these guys are, you know, they're big and they're, you know, putting a lot of force to that. And it's like, if you get one wrong little twist and you can be surprised, it's like, you know, we see all day, you know, in the office, so it doesn't take much sometimes, you know weird little twist you know nothing you know super traumatic but it can just tear that little ligament and right. that ligament is
1: you know which is otherwise typically pretty stout and pretty strong but but these guys are powerful and it's just you know the right or the wrong way and i guess it can pop yeah and there, and there are Brink. different levels of this particular injury right there's there's a you know kind of your Lisfranc Frank sprain where um, maybe it hasn't completely torn, but it's a little bit stretched. And then you, had, you have uh, fractures where a piece of bone gives way. Um, there's something on the X-ray. Sometimes we'll see a flex sign or it pulls off a piece of bone. And then, then you have your Frank dislocations associated with this. So you can have actually kind of loss of continuity almost across that midfoot joint, that Lis that Frank joint. And those are two different things. The, the Lis Frank ligament is a ligament that goes between two particular bones. Like I said, the medial cuneiform, which is one of the bones kind of in your middle, the middle of your foot. And it's a lot easier to understand as if you're actually looking at a picture. Maybe we can get a picture up on our uh, Instagram or uh, Facebook page there. But um, the ligament goes from the medial cuneiform, which is one of the bones kind of on the inside of the foot at the midfoot and the second metatarsal, which is like kind of, you know, if, we think of, if you think of your foot, sorry, sorry, Matt, but if you think of your foot is kind of a Thumb, smelly hand that just stick inside your shoe. If you're looking at your hand, <laughs> and yeah. um, you have these these long rays, kind of kind of right below where your finger's attach attached to your hand, you have the long thin bones. Your foot has those too. In your hand, they're they're metacarpals, and in your foot, they're metatarsals. So the one that's would be closest to you know the the second one in, not 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 your great toe, but right next to it, uh, not your big toe, but the one right next to it, the second the second metatarsal ligament goes from that metacarpal to that second metatarsal. That's the Lisfranc ligament. The joint, however, is basically the whole line, all of those metatarsal joints. Um, so, so first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. All of those long, long, thin bones that connect to more of that midfoot, which are a bunch of bones, which in your hand would actually make up more of your wrist.
2: Yeah. So you, you know. We talk about, a lot about the Liz Frank ligament, but it's like the Lis Frank ligament complex right. is the articulation of the metatarsals and the tarsal bones. And it's right. like the second ah. metatarsal sits back like a little, you know, it fits perfectly in between right. the first metatarsal and the base of the third metatarsal. So it sits in there kind of perfectly and you disrupt that and it makes it unstable and that it can it can destabilize that whole complex. So yep. it's, you know, it's like we talk a lot about the Liz Frank ligament, but it's really about the whole complex, right. you know, yep. the joints.
1: That's, that's termed keystone. And, and it's almost like, if you, if, if you think about it, almost like a, like a dovetail in sort of woodworking where, where it adds a lot of extra strength and stability because it fits in so well right into that little keystone.
0: Dr. Brent, when you're, when you're seeing these in the, in the exam room, are you, are you the first one diagnosing it as a Liz Frank or have these patients already been somewhere like an, uh, an emergency room and coming to you for orthopedic follow-up?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, a lot you know, kind of fifty-fifty on that. So sometimes yeah. people will come in and say they, you know, they rolled their ankle, they felt a pop, whatever, they you know, they had an injury, it's 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 painful, it's swollen, it's bruised, they can't mm-hmm. really like stand on it comfortably. But most I think are coming from the ER. And a lot of times mm-hmm. it's coming from the ER and it's diagnosed as, you know, foot sprain, ankle sprain. You know, it's yeah. just like there's there's nothing on X-ray. Sure. Sometimes it's obvious, sometimes there's fracture fragments and you know, like you said, there's like a flex sign where you can see a little piece of that second metatarsal you know, avulsed off of there. Uh, so sometimes it's obvious and we know and they come in in a splint and crutches and sometimes it's, you know, you kind of have to look at it and say, you know, it's, it's very tender on the top of the foot golf balls swollen on the dorsum of the foot, you know, and, and it's point tenderness between the first and second metatarsal right in the top arch of the foot you look at the plantar aspect of the foot, the bottom of the foot. And if there's, if there's a bruise right there in, in the arch of the foot, I mean, that's like, you know, I'm, that's, that's pretty much I'm getting a stat MRI there to look yeah. at that
0: list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what are the percentages show? Uh, if I told you that I, I Hey, I, I had a book, an appointment for you tomorrow at 8am for, for somebody, uh, it's definitely a list Frank. Where does your mind jump to like percentage wise? Am I booking you a, uh, a, teenage male athlete uh female general population are there percentages male versus female athlete versus non-athlete
2: uh, I mean I guess if it's you telling me it's definitely list <laughs> <rank. laughs> you know it's different uh yeah. you know but um you know I, I think that you know it's somebody in you know it could be from you know say you know I'm, I I would assume probably 18 to 35 40 some right. you know somebody that's at least participating in in some sort of athletic event, you know, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I think like, you know, high school athlete, college athlete, you know, it's, it's, it's generally not, you know, most people aren't just, you know, walking in their yard and suffering. Liz Frank, you're, you're doing something real physical.
1: Yeah. It's also a motor vehicle, uh, situation, a motor vehicle accident and whatnot. So, so some, some very high energy type injuries, um, as well as lower energy, but athletic endeavors. Right. Fall from a height. That's another one.
0: Yeah, and then take take us through your exam of this patient then, Doctor Brandt. I mean, you said a lot of times these are missed at the emergency room. Uh, what is it that you're picking up, and how are you picking that up?
2: Yeah, so it was, if it's not obvious, if there's no fracture, and and I can't look at that and see diastasis, if I can't see a space between, you know, uh, the you know the second metatarsal and the first metatarsal, or the you know between the cuneiforms there where that ligament where that ligament you know exists. Um, I'm looking at, you know, more of a, of a clinical diagnosis if they're, you know, severely tender, you know, they can't walk Mm -hmm. on it, you know, and most people, no matter what, and it's like, you know, you say, don't walk on it, they're going to walk on it. (laughs) So you know, they're walking in on their splints, if, if they can, if they're walking in on their splint, it's probably not a Liz Frank, right? Um, if they can't put weight on it and they have, you know, a lot of swelling on the top of the foot. And like I said, that, that the telltale sign for me, the key for me is if you see bruising right in the arch, right? Right at the spot, you know, plantarly where that Lisfranc ligament exists, um, you know, that's that to me means it's more than likely that the, the, it's, it's the ligament, and right. that's uh, that's where I go. And, and you can and sometimes I, you know, it's like depends on the patient. I, I've I've taken some in and kind of like stressed them a bit, right? In, in you know, in the in the um, X ray room, and you know, we'll see if it kind of gaps open a little bit. But most of the time, it's too it's too painful. What about
1: a weight bearing X ray? Are You able to get any of those? Are yeah. they able to? Do it, to, to put some weight on it, to get the weight-bearing Yeah, X-ray? you kind of
2: have to force them to put, you know, to put some weight on it. And so sometimes we'll look at a weight-bearing X-ray and then look at a contralateral side weight-bearing right. X-ray. So we look at a weight-bearing in of both feet, you. Yeah. you know, and if you can see a gap, you know, if it looks different in and in, in where that Liz Frank ligament is you know, then you are more suspicious of a, of a rupture.
1: And th- there's a number of lines that we look for on these x-rays and, you know, not to get into the weeds in, 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 in too detail, but there are certain bones that are sli- supposed to line up with the other bones, uh, the, the second metatarsal with the middle cuneiform and the fourth metatarsal on, and, but on different views. And when those lines are broken, if those lines don't line up appropriately, that's sort of an indication that, you know, yeah, that's a little bit widened. That's more, because it, it can be very, very subtle. So, so some of those things, if you don't have the fracture, if it's just a, a tear in the ligament, um, uh, some of those, this, those would be the dislocation or the displacement portion of the equation. But you can still have this injury and not even have that.
2: Yeah, it can, be, it look, can look completely normal, normal right. you know, but it's like you got to look yeah. at that clinical exam. And that's, you know, sometimes there's no difference between both sides. And what, what I
1: read about Etienne, uh, Travis Etienne's injury is that, uh, that it was actually a normal x-ray but nonetheless he still had the injury so yeah,
0: Initially i think it was spring. one of those ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 in sports when you know we, we hear about these uh, season ending injuries that are announced you know almost immediately I, I think most of us you know ACL injuries you know things of that nature what does the surgery entail and, and why is this so significant that travis was just immediately done for the 2021 season?
2: Well, I think uh, when you're suspicious of it, you know, and him, yeah. they 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 had to have, you know, looked at that, you know, clinical picture and thought, okay, get, you know, the MRI. And, and with these guys, NFL athletes and whatnot, you know, professional athletes, you know, it's nothing for them to go grab an MRI the next morning after an injury, you know? Right. It's, it's a little bit more difficult in general population sometimes, but, um, so these guys, you know, he got the MRI. I'm sure it showed Liz Frank ligament rupture, you know, maybe with or without some, sometimes you don't see little, you know, fracture fragments or, or, you know, intraarticular fractures that are non displaced. You don't see them, you know, on, on a normal x-ray, you can't see them, you know, but it may have been picked up on the x-ray. But if the Liz Frank ligament was ruptured, you know, in his case, then it's, you know, it's a no brainer. You have to go in and fix that in, in the position he's in, in an athlete like that. And and the the issue is is you know how do you fix that? Do you, into you the controversy? <laughs> yeah. That, so this is where this is you know this is where it could go in, in several different directions. Um, you know you can primarily repair just the ligament itself. You can use hardware. You can use basically like uh, soft tissue anchors. Type of you know a company out there. This company Arthrex has like an internal brace system where. You know, it's basically taking endo buttons and putting things back into you know specific position, anatomically reconstructing it. There's another way where you can put a screw across it. You know, uh, but essentially then you're putting a screw across two bones that are moving and shifting. It's putting two bones across a joint. You know, and it's like and if you imagine taking, you know, say a deck screw between two you know two by fours, and then constantly having pressure through there, it's like that screw is going to break or that the screw is going to move. You know, but that's that. But I mean, in the end, that that if you get that joint into a proper position and allow that ligament to heal and scar in, then you can remove that hardware Later if on. need be. Right. You know, and that's successful. Um, there's different you know theories and thoughts on this, and papers on this, and research on this, and you know, tons. Do you put uh you know the uh, plates and screws? Do you do you primarily fuse? Do you just fix the ligament? And there's articles out there kind of with guidelines of which uh, uh, of whichever way you do it and it's like these these are it's very very patient specific you know and like i think everybody has their own kind of you know methodology and you know their own protocols for this but there's a lot of
1: variability in in, in each in, in, in and of itself in each injury right like some some are divergent some can go and all in the same direction some have displacements some have fractures don't some don't like. There's a lot of variability in how these injuries could present, and I think full disclosure, I don't have a lot of experience in treating these. It frequently goes to the, you know, the kind of the foot and ankle specialist and somewhat to some of the trauma guys, but but it's it's not like a cookie cutter, you know, one size fits all type injury. The injuries have so much variability that the treatments also have variability. Right. Some of
2: them, some of them. I mean, it's you know, if it's complete dislocation one way or the other, or it's, you know, divergent. It's, um, you know, you, you have to fuse those joints and and the nice thing about when you do fuse the joints in the Liz Frank ligament complex, you don't, it's not like a joint in, you know, the ankle or the knee or the hip, there's just right. not a whole lot of movement through there. Those joints kind of just articulate and allow a small amount of movement. Um, so you can fuse, you know, the, the tarsal metatarsal joints, and you know, still be completely functional and gain complete function, you know, back from that.
1: Is, is there any role for non-operative management in any of these injuries, or is it essentially? Um, and, and I'm I'm excluding the very low demand elderly patient, or the 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 vasculopath, the person with severe vascular injuries who is at high risk, or or severe neuropathy. But in in an average individual, is there a lower grade version of this that doesn't get surgery and gets treated non-operatively?
2: Yeah, uh, sometimes we'll get an MRI and it'll show, you know, sprain of the ligament or it'll just show fluid around that ligament. And, you know, it's, you know, you, you can't quite see a solid picture of that ligament, you know, but there's increased signal intensity on that MRI. So we know there's damage to it, but it, you know, and then at that case, you say, you know, you have an option of you could take them to the OR and stress them under anesthesia. You know, you could stress them under anesthesia in the office if they can or stress them in the office, you know, under floral if they can tolerate it. But if that ligament is intact, but there's a sprain there and, and there's damage, there's pathology to it. I mean, technically you can, you know, there are guys that get treated non-operatively to it. And, it's, and but it's still, I mean, it's still a, that, you know, you almost have to treat that as a fracture. I mean, it's still a six to eight week recovery, right. you know, for that, because that ligament cast. is so, yeah. you know, so structurally essential. To the midfoot that you have to you have to protect it and you what, have to let that heal completely before you rehab
1: it what, what can happen if this is missed or if, if it go non-op and it doesn't actually heal the way that it's supposed to what, what winds up happening to the foot over time
2: yeah if you miss it um you know you know when you get one you know late stage chronic down the road that was missed or treated non-operatively um you get some diastasis so so widening of that where that lis frank ligament is um the issue is that ligament allows the second metatarsal to translate you know if that ligament is ruptured it allows the second metatarsal to translate laterally mm-hmm. so towards the outside of the foot or you know dorsally towards the top of the foot yeah. and the, and it allows uh you know basically instability so that instability causes an increase in motion abnormal motion you know if you have any any joint in the body that has abnormal motion in that joint you know is going to cause abnormal wear and tear of the cartilage. So you end up with arthritis. Right. So some people will come in and say, yeah, you know, I don't know, I had an injury, you know, years ago and this and that. And they're just bone on bone arthritis of, you know, their tarsal metatarsal joints, right. you know, and you have to suspect that that person had a list rank injury at some point that was not treated or missed or treated non-operatively. They kind of broke down, down the road. Right. So it's and it's late stage arthritis. It's okay. chronic arthritis time for valgus
1: The and Yeah, and the, and and the, the arch flattens, flat. yeah, you
2: lose yeah. you lose your arch, the arch height decreases. Um, and then it's just like a chain reaction from there.
1: And is that a tougher problem to fix if you're gonna try to fuse it at that point?
2: Oh yeah. Um, I much, much would rather deal with uh, well, an arthritic, you know, joint earlier or an acute Liz Frank injury where it's you can you can You can repair the ligament, the ligament complex. Maybe it's, you know, typically if we're, you know, the most you're gonna do for a, typically for a Liz Frank, you know, a a bad Liz Frank injury is we're gonna fuse metatarsals, uh, metatarsal tarsal joints, one, two, and three. So we're gonna fuse the first, second, third ray, and sometimes we'll pin the the fourth and fifth. But you don't wanna really, you know, fuse the fourth and fifth because it's kind of a different that the 4th and 5th ray of kind of the lateral column has a has a kind of a different function and it doesn't do no, well no, no with surgery yeah right. it's, it's different than the 1st 2nd and 3rd so if you can catch this early enough and just deal with the the first three rays and if you have to fuse those you can be completely functional completely right you know you can gain complete function back but if you're you know once you once that arthritis starts to progress and progress and those tr- those metatarsals translate laterally you start to get more arthritis in the in the 4th and 5th you know, tarsal metatarsal joints, then it's, it's a lot more unpredictable procedures to try to treat that.
1: So, so that, you know, the stuff, everything you were just saying sort of points us right back into the right direction, right? We're, we're talking about this injury in a professional athlete who where they caught it acutely. Right. And, and so he, he did undergo surgical, uh, uh surgical fixation for this. And it, uh, it can go either way. You can go with the uh, open reduction, internal fixation, trying to get it back together and getting the, the the um, getting the you know hold it together if there's a bony fragment trying to get the bone to heal or holding the joint together long enough for the for the ligament to heal um or you can go with the primary orthodesis and i think there's just a ton of controversy there um so so maybe we'll stay away from that but let's just say um travis etienne undergoes surgery um caught acutely done early Presuming it wasn't super displaced, because on the X-rays they said you know it didn't show anything on the X-rays. What does this mean for this guy's future? What are, what are, what are we thinking timing-wise and, and and with things going forward?
2: Yeah, so it's it's a little complicated with him too because he was injured before he technically made that fifty-three man roster. So he is he has to miss the season.
1: Right. So he can't oh, come back. Yeah, he yeah. can't
2: come back this season. So I mean, really, it's like. You know, does he, you know, I don't even know what his contract is with the Jaguars and if he's, he could potentially end up leaving the team because he's really technically, you know, he, he can't play this year. Right. You know, he's on
1: the IR, right? So, so Right. I don't know. I actually don't know how that impacts. Jason, you have any insight into into that? How does that impact the, you know, is, you know, he's not on the 53 man roster, but he's on the IR. So he's still on the team's. Roster? Does that does, does that impact anything in any way in terms of you know outlook for him uh, next year?
0: No, I I don't know. I mean, you got to remember he was a first round draft pick. So, right. and, and I didn't know this before you mentioned it, but I pulled it up. I mean, he he's already signed a four year thirteen million dollar contract, um, seven million dollar signing bonus, which you know isn't crazy considering he was a first round pick. Right. Um, I think he's under contractual with the Jaguars for the next couple of years, regardless of this.
2: Okay, maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. I, mm-hmm. I I I thought I saw something. Maybe he could potentially hold out on this or something, but you know because he because uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I know that they yeah. like he can't come back. You know this year, even if he did successfully rehab it. Yeah, but, he's
1: out definitely for the year.
2: You know, um, but that that's not even you know that's because of the before the you know before the. 53-man roster was named, even though he is contractually obligated. But right. he, uh, you know, so he, you know, no matter what, even if he felt well enough, he can't play this year. They, right. they've, 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 they've taken him out. But to answer your question, um, what do you expect from this, you know, surgery from him and how how he can recover from this? I mean, he's he was treated acutely, you know, treated acutely and surgically. Um, this is something that guaranteed gonna take five to six months at minimum. I mean, best case scenario, it's five to six months. Right you know, more likely eight, 10 months, you right. know, and it's like, it puts you past the, you know, the year. once, once it's, you know, basically if it's, if you end up with a Liz Frank ligament in the beginning of the year, um, I you know, I, I kind of like to tell people, it's like, you know, you, you kind of like, if it's, you know, we you, you suffer a Liz Frank ligament injury rupture and in, you know, say week five, you kind of almost bet that that person's gonna, you know, be ready for maybe week five the following year. Right. You know, it's, it's, you're really, cause, You know you really have to let that ligament heal you really have to let you know um you know that rehab process occur and there's so much there's so many small little intrinsic muscles in the in the foot and in that area that everything atrophies so much um that you know it takes it takes you know like i said three times as long for a ligament you know three times as long for the muscle to recover and heal and get back to its full strength as the time you spent down and not using that muscle so if you if you're off that foot for two months and your things are just atrophying, but that ligament is healing, but everything else is you know becoming atrophied and weaker, you know you really have to look at three times as long as that. So you're looking at six months of you know just the rehab process, the recovery process after you start really pushing it and strengthening those muscles.
1: Right. Right.
2: So after the six eight weeks of letting that ligament to heal, you're looking at six more months, seven more months of getting stronger.
1: Yeah. You know, as healthcare providers, every time we hear this injury, I know myself i like, oh, you know, you're like oh, this, this bad news, poor guy. Can you think of other guys who've had this I mean, it's not a unique injury. It, it happens you know, with moderate frequency, really across all sports, but really a lot in the NFL where you have people potentially jamming their foot into the turf or falling on their heels or whatever. Can you think of other guys in the NFL who've had this injury?
2: Yeah, a lot of big, ga- big name guys um, you know, like Cam Newton, right, and uh, you know, like I said, Cam Newton. um, I think he suffered his list, Frank ligament, kind of towards when he was really peaking, and he was Superman, (laughs) and he was flexing in the end zone, and it's just like, and now, as of today, (laughs) he's jobless.
1: Oh man, yeah,
2: you know. So So, I, I don't know, and and I can't I can't go and say that that really was the turning point. Sure, but I mean, you know.
1: I think guy it depended him. a lot I mean, he, on his running he game. He was a powerful yeah, guy. Yeah. He
2: was he was a runner, you know, and he's he's huge, yeah. you know. He's been a lot of force through that and it's you know, I think that, you know, his his peak days were there in Carolina. Right. You know, and since then it's kind of been you know a little iffy and it might, that might have contributed. Right. You know, um Levion Bell, you're a Steelers fan? I am. Um and interestingly, he, you know, I believe he was treated non-operatively and that was when he was with the Steelers. Right. Um and I, I don't know the exact time frame he missed, but I know he had a Liz Frank ligament injury and I know that I believe he had a sprain and he was treated non operatively. But I mean look at Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Yeah. You Bell. know, he kinda got traded and he never really returned back to where he was back in his you know at that because peak. he
1: went to the Jets from the Steelers. That's that, uh, yeah. that was I mean, the end yeah. of the career right there. That (laughs) could be. That
2: could be. I don't know if that was the best decision. May have contributed to that trade process. Who knows?
1: Who knows? Yeah, it's a good point. I know know, uh, Chris Carson in the NFL also had this, and um, it took him a while to get back. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, Hollywood Brown had had this injury, but but he's actually a fast guy, and has, has done yeah, yeah reasonably well
2: well and it's different too so you say that so like a fast guy so it's right. different in a guy who is more like you know you're like a receiver like a defensive back your job right. is more to the sprint and your job is speed so it's different so the the ones that these things are happening to are guys like running backs right where you're really putting your head down putting your shoulders down and trying to bulldoze through and like you're really putting you know planner flexory force right you know a lot of guys too is like defensive line right you know i know on uh, my Washington football team, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Allen—he had a Liz Frank sprain last year. Uh, he's back this year, and you know, he—I I don't believe he was operated on. But you know, it's like deep, like defensive ends, yeah. you know, linemen—they they can get it. But uh, it's the guys that are really like getting Torqueing, down low, high torque, pushing mm-hmm. off, right? You know. Uh, but like the receivers and you know guys that have to sprint it's not as much it's not as common
1: i read somewhere and i don't remember it happening that you know that, that this had happened to do staley and that was sort of unfortunately for him the end of his career you know so it, it, it seems like it can go either way for some of these guys you know in in um, there some some of the you know american journal of sports medicine one article where they 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 point towards about 90% um people being able to return to play after these injuries and again there's there's a ton of variation in the actual individual injury there's a lot of variability i think that number is probably in, in some other articles probably closer closer to more like a 75% chance he'll get he'll get back but that's a big number that's a, that's 25% that he's not going to Get back to that level. Yeah, and
2: I think that that plays a role. You know, it's like what what was the actual injury? Was it just ligamentous? Right. Was there was there fractures? Was there right. intraarticular fractures? You know, was it? You know, how much displacement? How much instability? I mean, it's 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 everyone is different. You know, it's rare that you you know. There's there's so much variability in this this injury. That's why you have to get that advanced imaging. You know, right. if you don't get that advanced imaging, it's missed. You have to get an MRI or a CT scan. Yeah, you know, to look and see, you know, what what actually was involved, what joint, what 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 tarsal bone, what metatarsal bone. You know, not just that ligament.
1: Care to make a prediction for us? Uh,
2: for Etienne? Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, you know, I think. Uh, yeah, I, would, I mean, a guy like that, and you know, I mean, he's young. He's real young, and he, you know, he's got the best support around. Him, and you know, it's like, I mean, I, I would say, week. I mean, I know he's out this year. He's right. out this year, um, but I would, I would put him down week one next year.
1: Jason, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think he'll be back next year. Um, yeah, I, I didn't want to cut you guys off because you had a great conversation.
1: Going <laughs> there, Sorry. But, man. <laughs>
0: No, no, I I was going to, Dr. Brandt the one thing I was going to say, because I know we have a few other athletic trainers that listen in, um, you know, I witnessed this firsthand, you know, in my early days with the Philadelphia Soul with, I think he was about 340 pounds, um, our uh, starting center, who many would tell you would be the best to ever do it uh, in the arena game, uh, you know, to a point where he could just roll off the couch without even getting ready for the season and still be the best. But I think the thing that surprised me with the, with the recovery was just how little we were allowed to do with him in that first, like, eight. I even want to say it was closer to 10 weeks where all we were allowed to do was open, kinetic, you know, uh, quad strengthening, hip strengthening. But everything had to be done in the boot, no weight bearing. We, we didn't even work on ankle range of motion until about 10 to 12 weeks. Um, and I'm assuming that's what really factors into just how long this recovery is.
2: Yeah, because, you know, it's a it's a very, you know, anatomic, you know, joint complex in that tarsal metatarsal joint where that second metatarsal sits. And you just, yeah. you know. Surgical repairs—you need to allow that that proper time for the ligament or that bone to heal into place. Right. You know before right. you start stressing it. And that ligament, like we say, it's like it's it's the keystone to the arch. You know, like in a doorway, it's the it's the top stone in that doorway. Like a, yeah. you know, it's 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 the keystone in the arch of the foot. And and if you don't, if you don't, uh, you know, allow that ligament to heal. I mean, it, and we say any any soft tissue injury, you, you're going to have to allow four to six, six to eight weeks for that ligament to itself to heal you know then you start that rehab process so right you don't want to risk stressing that stretching that you know yeah. causing a weaker repair because when that ligament heals weakened or elongated or a little bit lax you know then you're phone it's like yeah you know, what did you do
0: right it, it was just like it was a little uh odd at the time I remember like hearing like okay well we're gonna do nothing with your ankle for at least two months you know, I'm used to like jumping right into things. The ACL, we're gonna get you out of the brace and do quad sets, you know, or something. But it was it was an awkward conversation to be like, we're gonna do nothing for at least eight to ten weeks.
2: <laughs> it's just a smaller ligament. You gotta let that smaller yeah. <laughs> joint heal. You it doesn't take much to stress it and move it around once it's once it's unstable. Yeah, you know.
0: But, hey, from, from a fantasy football perspective, like I said, we, we didn't really know what Travis ETN was going to bring. I mean, there's you know, a lot of reports. We, we know he was explosive. We know Urban Meyer was going to use him in a lot of different ways. But how much does the, uh, the, does the draft stock rise for a guy like James Robinson, who, not sure if you even recall, I had to look it up. He was an undrafted free agent last no. year for the Jaguars, rushed for 1,100 yards, right. 350 receiving yards, and 10 total TDs.
2: Yeah, they expected so him to guy, pick it
0: up. Yeah, I mean, you would think, you know, his his stock probably fell a little bit with the draft of Etn. but of I mean, now this guy's thrusted back into the number one role. And I'm looking at these stats like, oh, man, like this is a guy probably keeping an eye on in like the fourth, fifth round, something like that.
2: Yeah, I was hoping you guys didn't know that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that you know he's he's definitely. I mean, and and a lot of it's going to come down to you know the quarterback play too. You sure. know, it's like if sure. you know uh, Lawrence is what do you what you think he's going to be, and um, I think that he's 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 definitely bumped up a couple notches in the draft. And I think that you know, I, interestingly, I had one fantasy draft where a guy got kicked out of his uh, you know out of the lobby and accidentally got drafted etn and it was on the ir so be careful of that <laughs> oh nope. Nope. yeah you know, so you can accidentally get him but
1: um kicked out of the draft room and uh, yep
2: and then by the time he popped back on it was uh he drafted etn yeah
1: yeah that's not how it worked, <laughs> on the
2: it. ir but no i think james Robinson has a has a and 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 a, i think that that could potentially you know cut into etn stock going forward too it's like if james robinson really picks it up and builds on last year i mean that's that could be huge for him not great for etn going forward but yeah he's one number one draft pick but
1: i i think i think with um you know by virtue of the fact that they said the x-ray was negative but then they had to fix it you can hope that indicates a lower um one of the the less severe versions of this injury. Not that this injury is not severe, but hopefully it's one of the less severe. So hopefully he he does get back to his playing level and he does have a nice career in front of him. And and albeit James Robinson had a very unexpected and very good year last year. I don't know, man. Travis Etienne in college was a a really good ball player. And and you got to think he's going to, if he if he's able to get back to form uh, at some point, he's gonna he's gonna dethrone or topple. Uh, yeah, and,
2: and he will. Yeah. He'll get back to form. This is you know, this is definitely like a year-ending thing, a season-ending thing, but it's not a career ender. You know, for the most part, you are worrying
1: about because sometimes it is. It on can, occasion.
2: but I mean it- I just have to think of a guy like that, as young as he is, the support staff, the training staff, yeah. everything he's got at his disposal, Right. you know, that he, you know, he should be able, he should be able to make it back, especially the fact that, like you said, it was, they thought it was a sprain initially. You hope it's just a ligament, not fracture fragments. You know, right. he wasn't, you know, uh, significantly displaced, you know, and you hope that it's a little bit, you know, easier to come back from.
0: Well, let's start off uh, with with a little bit new, a newer segment. Let's go rapid fire round table here. Um, Dr. Fred. Yeah. uh, Joe Burrow uh, tours ACL late November. uh, I'm sorry, had the surgery late November. So that puts him at about nine months. Uh, You know, we were fortunate enough to see about three and a half months of his rookie season. Wasn't a bad rookie campaign. Are you staying away from him this fantasy season nine months
1: post-up? So, um, uh, this actually depends on your league, I think. It's more—it's a more complicated question, right? So, so some leagues, if you, if you have two, it depends on the number of players in your league, number one. Um, yeah. And then number two, how many quarterbacks you're starting. If you're starting two quarterbacks, then, then quarterbacks are at a premium and you're going to go a little deeper into the pool. And then I think uh, Joe Burrow comes, is on the table. I think that if you have a ten guy, ten guy league or a twelve guy league, and you start one quarterback, yeah, maybe maybe take a flyer on Joe Burrow uh, as your second guy with huge upside, right? But but yeah. I don't know that he's your he's the first guy. I don't know if you're counting on him to be your top quarterback. I think you're going in another direction. And fortunately, yeah. if if it's a ten guy league or a twelve guy league, you know, with thirty teams in the league. There are always going to be a few guys available. You know, typically, if you have one starting quarterback, everybody takes two quarterbacks. That's twenty quarterbacks or twenty-four quarterbacks. You know, everyone takes their starter. If people will take a decent backup, and a couple people will take a third guy, but it's a little unusual. So I think I think Joe Burrow is kind of on the fringe right there on, on, on that 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 second guy right now um, with a second guy with huge upside. Because there's a, it's, a, it's an improving team, right? They they've been down yeah. for a few years. They've had a lot of good picks. They had the misfortune of Joe Burrow getting hurt when they looked pretty good, uh, heading into into his injury. You know, if that guy comes back and he's starting to play well, all of a sudden he, he could have a big season.
2: Yeah, you know who takes three quarterbacks?
1: Who's that? That's when you want <laughs>
2: that. That's when you want that. Uh after the round, after your draft, you get your draft grades, Right. you take a third yeah. quarterback, you're guaranteed to bump up a whole draft grade <laughs> just so you can harass your friends. Cause right, the right, quarterbacks are right. always predicted higher, right. you know, it's like, but you don't need it. Don't need it. But I, did, I took uh, Joe Burrow as my second quarterback in the league, you right. know, okay. just as a, you know, late, probably 10th round pick, just yeah. like, hey,
1: you know, he's got some,
2: he's, you know, you
1: never know. And it is big upside, right? Yeah,
2: big upside, yeah. Big up. you know, at that point, 11th round pick. I think he's going
1: to be pretty good, I do. Yeah. I hate to say, yeah. me, being a Steelers fan, and having them in the same division, um, I think it's be pretty good.
0: Especially with Big Ben, he's just you know, right, I don't know right, about right. these days. Like Doctor Brandon, you're uh, you're obviously a fantasy football expert, but from a medical <laughs> side, this one's more in your wheelhouse. So, Dak Prescott, uh, we all saw the gruesome injury suffered, you know, mid October. Uh, this puts him ten months post surgery. Is he somebody that you can roll with comfortably or are we avoiding him in the draft?
2: Well, interesting. And we were talking about Cam Newton today. I did hear some, you know, whispers that, you know, the Cowboys were, you know, making some phone calls on really? Cam Newton today. You know, so I don't know. So that, that kind of makes me wonder, and it's like, hey, you know, I don't know how, you know, you don't know what you can believe, but that makes me wonder where Dak Prescott is in his recovery, if they're talking to Cam Newton. Who's um, their
1: back? I don't even know who their backup is. Otherwise, d- d- oh Dalton, right? It's Andy Dalton. No,
2: oh. he's in he's Bears now.
1: Oh, never mind. Never mind. Good point.
2: Um, so maybe maybe d- they d- just d- need- Danudio, d- <sighs>
1: Yeah,
2: I can't think of his name, but so, I mean, so maybe that's it's not, why it's not a good situation. But maybe, but <laughs> um, so he had a gruesome injury. I think it's going to be you know tough for him to come back from, but I think that. You know, if my boy, Alex Smith can come back from what he came back from.
1: Unbelievable. And went out
2: there, like the true warrior that he was. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. that I think that, you know, Dak Prescott can come back from that, you know, but it, I mean, but that's bad. When you, when you have a dislocation like he had, it's it's gonna be tough. I and mean, he, he's gonna be, I, I think you have to kind of think about, is he gonna be as mobile as he was, you right. know, with that? He's gonna have some pains, you know, he's gonna have some tightness in that, some stiffness. It's,
1: I think he'll play well, but I think you're right. I think he'll be hard. There's question be, marks there yeah, yeah, because of that. Yeah, because he he, he, was, he
2: moved. He wasn't just a in the pocket quarterback. Right,
1: right, totally.
0: Dr. Brandt, let's stay with you. We we touched on him earlier. Uh, Carson Wentz. Are you avoiding him altogether based on the foot injury, or based on the fact that he was the 33rd ranked quarterback out of 32 teams last year? <laughs>
2: Um, like I said, I, I mean, I really think that Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback and I like to personally think that, you know, Philadelphia's system just ruined him and their coaching, you know, just be as a Washington fan and trying to really, you know, well, what
1: do you really think? But I
2: I really think that, (laughs) I really think that, um, Carson Wentz is a good quarterback and I think that, um, you know, he's got, he's got a lot of good weapons around him. He's got a team around him, you know, good offensive line. And I think that, You know i don't know if he's my first pick quarterback but absolutely as a backup take a flyer and say you know what maybe he you know maybe by in a couple weeks in it's just like he's lighting it up right you know
0: maybe maybe he's trade bait maybe you need that third receiver oh yeah absolutely and uh somebody's like i mean yeah it's he's i'd rather have carson than this guy you know yeah i I would
2: i would i would i would consider carson
0: once yeah yeah dr frey for uh for those of the. For those of the people that have like a late first round pick, maybe like an 8 to 12, you know, depending on the number of teams, um, Saquon Barkley uh, seems to be dropping a bit in the, you know, projections to, you know, where he was last year as a top three to maybe late first round this year. What are your thoughts on him? He's about 10 months post ACL recovery as well.
1: So I, I think he is a phenomenal athlete. I think he's a, a beast of a player. I think he has the potential to put up huge numbers. Um, I think he has two strikes against him. One, he's coming back from this ACL injury, and then two, the Giants offensive line, right? Like, like, like yeah. which has been considered very suspect over the last couple of years. You know, they can't keep Daniel Jones upright. Um, and, and you know, a lot of the criticism has come onto Daniel Jones, but I really think, really the criticism should fall a lot on that offensive line. So um, somehow Saquon's been able to do it despite the offensive line. Will he still be able to do it despite the offensive line? I think late first round is actually the right place to go for him. I think if you're taking him uh, earlier than that, there's still there are a few question marks on there. Um, so so it's a little bit of a reach, but if you can get him late first round, he certainly has the potential to put up that first, you know, top three type numbers. So in and, and you know, he's had time to come back from this injury. Hopefully he's rehabbed well. You know, I always worry a little bit about guys coming back from ACL in their first year back. There, it, it tends to be a little bit of a drop off. Um, but sometimes, you know, some of these guys are upper echelon, super elite athletes. And sometimes these Adrian guys, Peterson. Are Adrian Peterson, two thousand exactly. yards. I know, I know. The, the Everyone points year. to Adrian Peterson. He kind of ruins it for everybody else. Yeah. he is the exception. But but Saquon Barkley is in that same echelon, right? So maybe maybe he'll be. The, the other exception right next to Adrian Peterson.
2: I think if you take him late first yeah. round, yeah. I mean, I actually even saw him go in the top of the second round, yeah, which I think is an absolute steal. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Last one, I'll throw it out to the both of you. Wide uh, receiver Odell Beck, uh, also coming off ACL, uh, puts him about the same timeline. He's about nine, 10 months out of his surgery. Uh, do we see the, the superstar Odell of before?
1: Not unless we're getting in a time machine. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't I can't trust him anymore. Is right. there anything yeah. everything's iffy out of out of out of Cleveland too, I think. I mean they look great this year. Right. You know, but he's
1: he so so I thought there was a drop off in his play before before the before the ACL injury. And, you know, he is a extraordinary athlete. And, you know, everyone remembers the one catch, which may go down as maybe the, the, be- the best catch of all time. It was, you know, the, the one one handed catch where it, like he grabs the tail end of the, of the ball as it's, it's slipping through. It was, you know, it was just incredible. Um, and he's an extraordinary athlete. But it, I don't know, he doesn't seem to produce every single week. There are definitely other players out there, and I feel like he gets a little more credit maybe than he deserves, maybe at the very height, one year, maybe two years there. But since then, he's sort of hanging on to some of those great years. Now he's coming back off an ACL tear, um, an injury in which um, like, he needs to be able to jump and be explosive. And he can do that, but he was already seeming, in my opinion, seeming to sort of diminish a little bit. You know, maybe he can do it. And he's an extraordinary athlete. And they prove me wrong, but my God is that he's not going to be the same athlete that he was previously. And
2: he's just a volatile guy too. You right, know, it's like, yeah. if he's not the center of it, yeah. you know, it's like, is he putting everything into
1: it? Right, you right.
2: know, It's like, you look at Chubb and you know, he's got, he's got, you know, there's a lot of good players on
1: that it's team. A good team. And if he's
2: not, if he's not getting that ball thrown to him, right. you know, 50% of the time right? you know it's like Hunt, is, is he putting everything Nick into Chubb. it or not I don't know
1: Mayfield looks good in the preseason and a little yeah. bit that, that we've seen him um, but yeah no that, I mean that's it's a, it's, it's a good team so he's not going to be the absolute focus and if he's not the focus you're right you know is we, he going to unravel as a little bit of a head case
2: yeah for me I I think I'd avoid him just
0: because of at least get I
1: him a little bit later Yeah. later yeah yeah, yeah. he'll be drafted
0: never yeah. draft but right. later yeah, yeah. Dr. Fred, I don't know about you, but I'm interested to see how much uh, Dr. Brandt withheld from us tonight, come 8.30 tomorrow.
2: Oh, I got a lot of tricks up my sleeve. I'm ready.
0: <laughs> I, I lied about all this.
1: Right, 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 leading us, leading us astray. I get it, send us down the wrong path.
0: Well, I think that's gonna go ahead and wrap things up for episode number 20 here of Sports Medicine on Tap. Before we close out our tap, we wanna thank our sponsors, Reconstructive Orthopedics with our eight locations and our Focused on You approach, covering all of your orthopedic needs. The Energy Lab, the region's premier sports performance destination neck of the woods brewing company for hosting us each and every week and our good friends at timber real productions joe warner our on-site producer Welcome kyle back. Miller, our editor dr frey dr brant this was great thanks a lot and we'll catch you guys next time
1: thanks jason thank
0: you